Thanks for finding us and tuning into this podcast this week presented by Beef O'Brady's in Tampa on the corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue, as well as Hank's Barbecue and Home Slice Pizza. Enjoy the podcast. Ahoy, Buck fans! Are ye looking for a different kind of podcast that centers on the yellow-bellied opponents? Well, you've come to the right place. Get ready for an enjoyable, in-depth look back at the important moments, historical facts, and games for the Buccaneers against this week's opposition. It's the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com podcast network. Now, let's get started with your co-hosts, Jason Powers and Peter Blake. All right, welcome in, Buck fans, to a winning edition, a New Year's Eve approaching edition of the No Quarter Given podcast. I'm your host, Jason, along with Peter Blake. Our Buccaneers somehow, some way, figure out a way once again to to steal one at the gun in overtime in Arizona on Christmas night, 19 to 16, to move to seven and eight. Still maintain a one-game lead in the NFC South. Um, not a lot, not a lot of great things to say. We're going to try to find some good things to say, but man, was that a painful fifty-five minutes or about fifty minutes or so to watch? A really good last ten minutes in overtime, Peter Blake. To welcome in Peter Blake. Yeah, absolutely. Merry Christmas, and uh, it seemed like there was coal in the stocking that night because they were down sixteen to six in the fourth quarter. And once again, for the majority of the game, Jason Powers, my tag team partner of the world, it seemed like the Saints game. The Bucs struggled to score any points. It was disappointing. Same old stuff. We'll definitely get into it, but I'm happy. A win is a win is a win, especially on Christmas night. First question is. Yes. Did Santa, was Santa good to Peter Blake on Christmas? Santa was good to Peter Blake on Christmas, but Peter was being difficult on Christmas Eve because family took him out to JCPenney and said, hey, what do you want for Christmas? And I'm like, listen, I don't want anything. I want to make sure you guys get something. So I got mom and the sister and the other sister some jewelry. And I got some nice stuff, you know, some some shaving stuff, body wash, uh, a a new converter, portable power station so when i'm on the field on january 2nd for the rely quest bowl i can run my wi-fi stuff like that i don't pragmatic know. very functional pragmatic stuff yes you know i'm not like that person anymore that says hey man i gotta get a playstation 5 i gotta get this i gotta get that i'm more worried about you know doing the sports broadcasting thing making sure that's good but also making sure everybody else in my family is taken care of so that's what I was mostly worried about. It's about giving. You know, it's a season That's of right. giving. Absolutely. It is and all about giving. Consequently, the Bucks nearly gave this game away. Yeah. I <laughs> want to mention, just, just a reminder, the No Quarter Given podcast is presented by the BuckPower.com podcast network. Remember, you can go uh, to BuckPower.com for all of your Buccaneer stats, video clips, audio, anything Buck-related. Check out BuckPower.com, uh, founded by our guy Paul Stewart over in England, our uh, our our employ our boss man so to speak for letting us on the air here but um you remember go to buck power tv we're not going to have a montage this week because the care we've already done one for for carolina so go back 
to Buck Power TV, and you can see the montage for Carolina earlier in the year. So no montage this week with Paul Stewart. So you're just going to get to hear Peter and I review. We're going to review the Arizona game, and then we'll give you a little preview of the championship potential showdown edition. This is a huge game for both teams. I mean, if the Bucs win, they win the division. And if the Bucs lose, they lose control of the division. Carolina will then have a, a game, a Week 18 win in their end scenario in New Orleans if they were to beat the Buccaneers. So this is a uh, – we've, we've been playing with the lead, Pulse, I mean, Peter Blake, for many, many weeks in this a NFC South. But if we don't get it done on Sunday, we lose control of the division. Win and you're in. Very simple. Take care of your business. Uh, don't depend on the Saints. How ironic would that be if you lose to the Panthers on Sunday and you have to de uh, depend on a hated rival like the Saints to take care of your business? It's just, ugh, there's just an ugly feeling with that. It, uh, just, nah. Take care of your business. Take care of business. You got a home game. We're gonna and we'll get we'll get into this here in a little bit. But home game, a team that's you know Sam Dar again. The Carolina Panthers are playing very well. We'll get into that in a little bit, but. They're playing well. Give them credit. They thumped the Detroit Lions last week. They who were in the, who were in serious playoff consideration. So give them credit. They're playing very well. All right. Let's before we get to Carolina, let's do a little review of the Arizona game. Sure. You know, first drive of the game, we go down. We we take the lead three nothing. Again, a very a lay. A lot of people would call this a layup in the quarterback business. A easy throw. He misses to Julio. Tom Brady misses to Julio Jones, who's pretty much who I won't say he's uncovered, but he's wide open in the end zone. Bad throw by Brady that settled for a field goal. Uh, your thoughts early in the game? Disappointing. I mean, in the same old thing over and over. Again. You settle for a field goal instead of getting a touchdown on the first drive. It would be nice to complete that pass. And in years past, Brady would be able to do that. But how do you overthrow Julio Jones? What is he, 6'4", six, 6'5"? Six, and then furthermore, going through the game, how is Mike Evans missed? He's 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. I mean, just very frustrating, especially that first drive. And I think I'll be looking for that for them to score. You know, new year, new me, new team. Hopefully they can do that in that uh, in that first drive, score a touchdown instead of settle for a field goal. Thank God for Ryan Suckup, by the way. Yeah, he's, he's We're going to get to him in a little bit here as well. Again, interesting rotation at the running back position. Rashad White starts the game, rips off a nice 8, 17, 18-yard run. Then we don't see much more of them in the first half. I mean, a lot more Leonard Fournette. You know, again, I know they've been rotating back and forth, but again, you would think they would give Rashad White some opportunity, especially after he rips off that long run early. Your thoughts on the running back rotation decision by uh, Todd Bowles and company? Well, if what Fournette said this week is true and he has a Liz Frank injury, uh, which is, you know, is it's it's it can be a brutal injury you know because it could slow you down and no wonder he's not as fast as he was uh last year or not as explosive uh the last couple years then why not give Richard White the opportunity he's shown that you get an 18 yard run and then basically you go away from him you want to run inside but yet your offensive line isn't you know physical yeah. enough they're more right. finesse so why not run outside why can't you run inside with Richard White? I don't understand this. This is where play calling and yeah, schematically, it's all messed up at the end of the day for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2022. Again, another big blow to the offensive line in the second quarter. Josh Wells with an ugly patella tendon injury. If you're watching on TV, you kind of saw his knee, the dent in his knee with the it was a non-contact injury. Kind of just was was backpedaling in his pass protection and his leg buckle, which so he's done for the year. Unfortunate. You you already missing Donovan Smith. 
Tristan Wirfs later in the game, apparently at the end of the game, got stepped on or something that reaggravated his ankle. End of the game. <laughs> so you may, I mean, Brandon Walton was forced to come in and play left tackle basically for two thirds of that game. He he struggled a little bit, but I give him credit. He he hung in there again. He wasn't great, but he you know he didn't get Tom Brady killed. I mean, again, I know Brady's throwing the ball away super quick. We get it, but that's what you got. So Brandon Walton's going to have to be the guy. There, there's speculation that Donovan Smith could come back this week. We don't know yet as we work through the week of practice. Again, I know Donovan's not had a good year, but we definitely this is this is a week you got to have Donovan Smith. Well, one of the interceptions is on Brandon Walton because he allows pressure to get into Brady's face, but the play call doesn't make sense. You want to go past play action, but yet you don't want to leave a tight end back there or you don't want to leave a running back to help out. You want to put Walton on a island. It makes no sense. And, of course, pressure gets into Brady's face. He underthrows the ball, and it gets intercepted, and it looks like it's going to Mike Evans at the end of the day. So those are the disappointing things about play calling, and that's the things that you kind of shake your head and say, why are you calling that play in the first place? Why are you allowing Brandon Walton to be on the island by himself at the end of the day when he's just coming in? He's a third string left tackle. He needs help at the end of the day. I love the play call of pass play action, but not in that case. Again, against lots of lots of questions about the play calling with with Byron Leftwich and such. Yeah. Again, we don't. We don't know what the plays are, so we don't know if Tom's not not letting the play develop. Again, some of the Mike Evans thing might be Mike Evans is not going to be catching the wide receiver screens, the, the quick throws. He's more of the 10, 15-yard square ins, post routes, out routes. So maybe part of the issue is Tom's not letting the plays develop because he's fearful of the offensive line. I know there's been criticism of Mike Evans not running the best routes here lately. Maybe that's part of it. Again, we don't know all the details, but but bottom line is, they're not having much of a connection the last three, four weeks. And again, that's something that the Buccaneer can have any chance to advance to win this division in the playoffs. Mike Evans has got to be a part of this, a major force in this offense the last couple of weeks of the year. Not only offense's uh, inability to score consistently with only scoring 17, 18 points a game. I think that's probably the shocking surprise, but also the connection with Brady to Evans, because the last couple of years, it's been one of the best in the national football league. And it seems like, yeah. It's fallen off of the cliff, just like Brady's skills to throw the ball down the field. Uh, we will, I will say in Brady's defense and Byron's defense, Leftwich's defense, they had the perfect play call. Julio Jones makes a you know, formational mistake, doesn't get off the ball in time. They snap the ball. You know, Again, touchdown, give, give Brady the credit. Nice throw, nice route, all that stuff. Again, like Todd Bowles has said, Bucks versus Bucks, self-inflicted wounds. And just at the most inopportune times. Yeah, self-destruct box. That's what I call it. My dad used to say that. Rest in peace, Richard Blake. I uh, said that on my show. And then you get the opportunity. You go back. It's third and nine. Uh, you, you, you pick up another penalty there. A holding call on Tristan Wirfs. Yep. Uh, look at it. Very questionable. Cade Otten makes up for the mistake because he's the one that committed the penalty in the first place. He gets the first down. But then at that at the end of the day, it's third and 19. Kick a field goal. And you're kicking a field goal. I mean, that is what the Bucks' offense is right now, and that's how disappointing it is. 
it's not that far off, but it is because they continue to make these stupid, silly mental mistakes that cost them in critical times. And that's why you're not scoring points in the red zone. My biggest complaint with the offense, one, again, sometimes it's a little predictable. I get it. But my biggest complaint of the offense, why are we waiting until you're down 16 to six to go, to go no huddle? That's the part I just don't understand as well as the short yardage situations. Again, we got stopped on second and one, third and one, fourth and one on the same drive. Not one of those three plays was a, was a quarterback sneak. No, I, mean, I just don't understand that. And then uh, the next drive after that, they run a quarterback sneak and he makes the first down easily. Not I don't get. And again, that may be Brady saying to Byron, I don't want to run that very often, but you got to run that. One of those three plays have to be a quarterback sneak with Tom Brady. I agree with that, and I don't understand the three calls where you need to get one yard and you call the same exact play where the running back is running through the same exact gap, and it's not there, and you're running towards J.J. Watt. He's one of the best of all time. He's still, you know, uh, one of the best right. players defensively. Right. I get it. He's you've seen his best days, and, of course, he announced his retirement today, but he was taking Tristan Wirfs to school the other night. Uh, that was kind of ugly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, Bucks, Bucks down 16-6, fourth quarter. Good drive to get them down 16-13. Quick, again, no huddle. Why we are not doing that, that'd be my biggest question with the Buccaneer offense. Oh, Why are we not doing that more first, second quarter instead of waiting until we're behind in the fourth quarter? Jason, is there somebody in the media that can ask this? Can we go in there, get credentialed with the Bucs, and ask them, uh, ask the offensive coaches, why aren't you running uh, hurry up and why does it take you until 16 to six or when you're down or when your backs are against the wall? Why aren't you running more hurry up at the end of the day? Uh, that, that, ask that? I mean, can we go in there and ask that? Cause I'm, I'm just, I'm just wondering because it seems like this offense is so much better with Tom Brady running hurry up. I mean, can they just do it the whole game? Can you do it the whole first half? Can you do that? And then just run the ball, be conservative and you let your defense win. Can you do that? Is that a possibility? I'm, and let's go to our unsung hero on the year, Ryan Suckup. Again, huge performance, four field goals, kicks the game-tying field goal right before the two-minute warning in the fourth quarter, and then obviously kicks the game winner. Uh, again, give Brady credit. He, he went six for six on the overtime drive. Russell Gage with a couple catches. Evans with a catch. So give Brady credit. Again, say what you want about Tom Brady and his lack of, of, of big plays. The guy's still the greatest two-minute quarterback in the history, in the history of the game. Absolutely. And when it comes to that situation, you feel good about it and you get a Brady pump there. You get Gage with 23 yards. He's been somewhat disappointing, but in this game, yep. he's a lot better, makes a big time catch down the field. Brady even talked about it in this press conference, how he made some adjustments. Imagine that they made an adjustment there and it actually worked out. So good for Brady and that offense and those wide receivers and Let's see more of Mike Evans. Let's see more of Gage. Let's see more of Godwin. Let's see more urgency with this team on Sunday versus the Carolina Panthers. Can we? Can it be a new year, new team uh, on January 1st? You know, because that's New Year's Day. I mean, it's weird that it's New Year's Day on Sunday and New Year's Eve on Saturday. So, you know, I have to get up that next day and go somewhere and cover the Bucks. So I can't be out in Ebor with you, Jason Powers. I'm sorry. Nope. I turn down Peter, you're going to be out Del Mabry at the clubs, at the fellas club. It's going to be New Year's I, Eve, I man. I Come on. I can't be that. I can't <laughs> do that, man. I got to focus in. I got to focus in right now. We got a championship game to play uh, on Sunday versus the Panthers. So Peter, uh, don't be, don't, don't be going to your remote with all the glitter all over your face and from the glitter and all the, <laughs> I would make, say sure, you, make I would sure you make sure you shower too. Make well, sure you shower. <laughs> and don't go straight from uh 
Don't go straight from West Shore and Dale Mabry straight oh, to Tarpon God. Springs now. <laughs> That's not going to happen. I'm not going anywhere on New Year's Eve. You know what I'm doing? I'm watching the ball go down, and then I'm going to jump right in bed, pull the covers up. Hopefully it's not that cold, but even if it is, and then getting up early in that morning and getting ready to uh, cover the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the pre-half and post-game edition of the Sports Web live at Whiskey Wings and Tarpon Springs. Let's go to the defense. Let's give the defense a little love. Again, we, I know we're, we're hard on bowls and everything, but the defense hung, kept the Buccaneers in the game to allow the offense to finally wake up. You know, big strip sack by Anthony Nelson. A little unlucky that Devin White didn't scoop and score, pick up and scoop and score. You know, you know, had an opportunity, but give the Arizona guy credit for running him down. But again, nice to see a nice strip sack by Nelson. You know, Shoyinka was a little bit better with the pressure, had a little couple pressures, which was good. Um, so I, I like that. And again, big game out of Sean Murphy Bunning on the, as a DB. Couple oh. deflections. You know, Carlton Davis played well against Hopkins, but Murphy Bunning was really good. I liked what I saw out of Murphy Bunning in that in that secondary. And the majority of the game, they had SMB on DeAndre Hopkins, and he shut him down and made him a non-factor. And that's one of the top wide receivers in the league. Yep. So impressive. And that's the type of performance that you expect out of an SMB. That's what you saw a couple years ago in the postseason, and I keep on going back to that. That's what he can do when you have that injury situation. So good on him. Hopefully he continues to play like that because it helps that back end out even uh, that much more. The run defense was good other than the one touchdown run by Connor there, the 15 or 18-yard run to make it 16-6. to You know, they did a good job with the quarterback. They didn't let – you know, in, in weeks past, we've had issues with containment of the of the running quarterback. Devin and Levante did a pretty good job in penalties. They did a good job of not committing frivolous, stupid defensive holdings, contact kind of penalties to keep these drives alive for this young quarterback. And this defense kept the team. Uh, they were very fortunate. And the defense, the majority of the year, has kept this team in games. And it's just disappointing if the offense could score 20 to 24 points. And this defense, uh, if they if the Bucks give up more than 16 points a game, they're 0 and 7. When yep. they keep a team from 16 points and under, they're 7 and 1. Jason Powers. No, you're right. One. Special teams wise, not a great night for the special teams. Other than suck up, gave up a fake punt early in the game, a, a completion on a fake punt. Then they gave up a huge long return on a, on a punt return. I think it was uh might have been second quarter, I believe, to make it six six. Mm. So not great punt coverage. Again, your boy the punt god. Can we not kick him so flat, please? Can we can we you know and again that's not, not all that's all? not all his can fault. Can, right. the, can we not the, use them at all? Can we sustain drives so you don't have true. to pump? But you're exactly right. You're you're completely right. The last couple of weeks he has not been the punt god. He is uh he's been a fraud. A punt No, fraud. not a fraud. He's done fine. Just but yeah. All right. I'm just critical, you know, and I like to come up with the names too. Punk God, Punk Fraud. So you well, can you, stay. You, you. All right, listen to the No Quarter Given podcast. I'm Jason along with Peter. <laughs> We're breaking down Arizona. We're going to talk uh, Carolina Panthers here in just a minute as we wrap up the game. 6-19-16 final. You mentioned the news. J.J. Watt announced he's going to be retiring after the end of the year. Last, which is kind of weird because he's the. You figured he'd maybe announce his retirement prior to the last home game, but they've got two more road games. The last two games are on the road, so he's not going to get to get celebrated at home. So that's kind of weird. But uh, no, no more JJ Watts. Uh, the, the Arizona Falls, I think four ten and four and eleven now. Yeah. Be interesting to see what happens with Cl Cliff Kingsbury at the end of the year. 
You got uh, Nathaniel Hackett got run out in Denver after their disastrous Christmas Day beatdown versus oh. the Rams, giving up Baker 51. Mayfield. It's two weeks in, and Baker Mayfield, they're scoring 51 points against the Denver Broncos. I mean, how disappointing is that team this year with all the picks they gave up for Russell Wilson and all the times they were on primetime football, and it was absolutely atrocious offense. I mean, What's worse offense, the Bucks or the Broncos? I got it for you. Let's ride. It's the Broncos. Easy. It is. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> so the Bucks get three turnovers, win the game 19-16, go to 6-7-8. and eight. Um, Let's get to the Carolina Panthers here. Again, this is a win. This, to me, this is a de facto playoff game for the Buccaneers because if you lose, you lose all control of all the scenarios. You, you need help if you lose this game at home. Remember the Bucks lose in Carolina earlier in the year, twenty-one-three. PJ Walker. Remember the Bucks lousy offensively. Remember the early, the third play of the game. Evans drops the bomb from Brady, kind of changed the entire momentum of the game. Could get nothing going. Uh, Steve Wilkes has done a really good job taking over for Matt Rule. Uh, I think that was that Wilkes' first game. I think that was Wilkes' first game. It really it the- started it. It really started the momentum for this Carolina Panther team. And, uh, you know, furthermore, Deontay Foreman, he showed. Even and Chuba with- Hubbard. Right. They showed the trade of uh, Christian McCaffrey that you could put any running back uh, back there and get success. And, you know, oh, by the way, they just rushed for a career uh, franchise high, 320 yards with Foreman and Hubbard. So, that is a big time challenge. I'm curious to see if Vita Vea is going to play right on uh, on Sunday because that is a major cog in that line that's going to need to stop this running game. If not, you're going to be shorthanded again. You're going to call on guys like Akeem Hicks, who's done a good job. Nacho, uh, Sinet. oh, you're going to get you're going to get 35 to 40 carries out of the Carolina Panthers. Olsen, and, and that should be the game plan. You got to make the Carolina Panthers one dimensional. Put the onus on Sam Darnold and yep. Force him to beat you in this game. And I feel good about that because that back end, even with all the injuries, they have played very well. They have. Offensive line, for the, again, this is a game of the trenches for the, for the Buccaneers. We don't know what the status is at left tackle. Is it Brandon Walton or is it Donovan Smith? You know, left guard, you, you're going to have, uh, you know, you're going to have, a, give me, uh, what am I, oh, am I freezing up at left guard here? Who's well, the left, left guard? You got, uh, well, it's uh, Nick Leverett. Leverett, yeah. So, Hainsey at center. Right. We don't know what the the the, the major question is going to be is if Donovan can't play, and what happens if Chris, Tristan Wirfs can't play? If you lose both tackles and you're Brandon Walton, they're talking about potentially moving Gedeke to right tackle. You could potentially have Gedeke at right tackle. That would be a major problem if you have Walton and Gedeke against that defensive line of Carolina, who's very good. You got Derek Brown. You got Brian Burns. You know, they've got a very, very good pass rush. Somehow, some way, Donovan and or Tristan Wirfs have got to be in that lineup Sunday afternoon. And you hope both are in the lineup at the end of the day, but we may have to put you back there. Put you, me, TJ, Paul, we'll all be the offensive line. And most likely, <laughs> same result as what you're going to get with uh, Walton and, of course, uh, Gedeke. But to be fair, Gedeke's natural position in college was at right tackle, so... Maybe he plays better. Maybe there's a better transition. I'm trying to be the eternal optimist here, but at the end of the day, you need Tristan Wurfs, and of course, you need Donovan Smith at that left tackle spot. No doubt. All, you know, off, offensively, again, I think if you can get the lead, mm-hmm. 
that way that minimizes the the amount of time and the amount of carries that that Carolina can afford to I won't say waste, but they're going to run the ball, guys. No matter what we want to say, until that game gets to be a fourteen point deficit. They're going to be a running-centric team here. They're not going to put the ball in Sam Darnold's hands for 30 throws, if at all possible. So, to me, the keys to the game are get the lead, get up 10-0, 14-3 kind of situation, put the onus on Sam Darnold. They got some receivers. I get it. DJ Moore's a good player. They got a couple guys. But make Sam Darnold have to read defenses and, and, and deal with a blitz package from Todd Bowles. And cause turnovers. They had three turnovers against the Cardinals there. Uh, you know, a couple of uh, you had a fumble, an interception there, interception at the end with Keanu Neal, uh, right before uh, the fourth quarter ended there when he went to overtime. I mean, that's what you're looking at at the end of the day. Calls those turnovers. You never know uh, what can happen. The Bucks are real fortunate there to get that late fumble. That's what you need. You need to cause those turnovers because again, this offense has their struggles. We talked about it. You give that offense the short field, and that's an advantage for the Bucks. And you can in special teams. You can't be giving up a ton of field position on these returns. Yeah. You got to be solid in the kicking in the return game. No stupid penalties. You know, Tompkins has been okay. You know, the, been okay. He's not been. I mean, they had one long return. Punt return wise, it's tough in this league because there's so many fair catches, and I get it. But again, be solid in the kicking game. Don't be giving up the 25, 30 yard return like they did last week. And if you're the Bucks offense. Figure out the weak link. J.C. Horn, who's one of their good corners, probably not going to play. They re-signed Josh Norman. Yeah, Josh, Josh Norman. Norman. The Dark Knight, the guy that killed us, like, I don't know, uh, 10 years ago, it seems like. Not <laughs> long ago. I mean, yep. he's 35 years old. It's time to take advantage of that. If he's in the game, you got to go after him. There's no doubt yeah. about it. If he's yeah. in the game, you have to go after him again. Figure out a way to to get Mike some touches. Again, let's get K. Otten some more touches. He's been he hadn't been much of a factor. The tight ends haven't been much of a factor the last couple of weeks. Tom wants to throw to the tight ends. You know that. Yeah. But again, if you can have a little bit of a running game, that draws up those linebackers that one extra step, which allows you to get behind that linebacker to hit that play action. So. I know it's not been pretty with the running game. It was a little better against Arizona. They they ripped off a couple of runs. I know they they, they tell everybody the, scre the screen game is kind of an extended running game, and I get it, and they're right about that, but you can't be so predictable in your in your your tendencies. That's the part that I think is getting them in trouble. Is they're very predictable in the tendencies. 10 to 15 targets for Mike Evans. Get him the 1,000 well, yards. you're not going to get 15 targets now. Come on now. Oh, I'm just saying. I'm just you saying. Can't, you can't go away from your, your your bread and butter, which is Godwin, but you got to get matchups with Mike Evans. Throw him some more 50-50 balls and not go balls. Let's right. throw the 18 and 20-yard routes on the sideline. He's, he's good at boxing out and getting position, drawing interference calls. That's where, that's where I think Mike can be really effective. Him running by people is not the best option, and you know him running screen routes, the, the the quick screens is not his not his forte. The fifteen to twenty yard routes, the the jump, the the, the back shoulder throws, the the crossing routes, the over routes, that's where he can really be effective and, and and can create some problems for the Carolina Panthers. And how about when you get into the red zone? How about a fade route? Yes, we haven't seen that the first week since the Dallas Cowboys, and why not use his size? That's the reason why you got Mike Evans in the first place. That's a mismatch nightmare, and like you said, it's so well. 
you know, his body positioning. He's able to position his body, which means he's going to be able to block out that smaller corner, even if it is Josh Norman. That is still a mismatch for the Carolina Panthers against Mike Evans. Get Mike Evans the ball. 10 to 15 targets. Maybe not 15, but 10, 10 to 12 targets on Sunday. And same with Julio. I would I, I would throw Julio some more jump ball situations too. That's at this point of his career. That's where he's going to be effective. He, you know, he drew the pass interference on the first play of the game for about 30 yards on the interference call. That's the kind of situation where you can get Julio and Mike use their use their physicality to their to our benefit. Yeah, absolutely. Agree. It's so easy to talk about well, yet, <laughs> and they just continue not to do some of the things that we do talk about. And then when they do, it's just like, okay, first tap, you did pace, uh, pass play action. Second half, let's go away from it. Let's uh, let's let's not do anything that was successful in the first half. And I know Buck fans are, are frustrated, but this is a game where the home field advantage has got to be a factor here too. We yeah. need a we need a full you know we need a full house. We need a loud. Sam Darnold's not a championship quarterback. It's been I won't say it's been easy for him, but when you have to turn around and hand off, that makes playing quarterback so much easier when you're when you're running for 200 yards every week. And again, stack the line of scrimmage if you have to. Shut you got you can't let Foreman and Hubbard break off these 10, 15 yard runs like they did against Detroit. They were they ran through Detroit like it was Swiss cheese. Yeah, well, the Lions are not a great defense. I agree. Maybe, maybe an upcoming offense with Jared Goff leading the way, but as a defense, and I lost out on it because I was betting on them, and uh, yeah, not a good bet. Not good bet to bet on the Lions. Even even the Greek said, don't bet on the Lions. Bet on the Panthers and the upset, and he was right. All right, Peter Blake, give me, give me a score prediction here. You think you think Can the Bucks get over 21? What do you think? How does this game unfold to you? I am not, you know what? I'm going to do another week of no score prediction. I'm just going to say Bucks win this game somehow, some way. More than likely, it's going to come down to what we always talk about. They're going to struggle for three and a half quarters, and some way, somehow, they're going to find a way to win with Tom Brady at the controls late in the fourth quarter. How about that? And remember, Buck fans, if you can win this game, next week is meaningless. So you can rest everybody. You can get it worth a week off. You can give Vita Vey another week off, Donovan another week off. You can play Brady a quarter and let and give him give him two weeks to get ready for the Cowboys, who are most likely going to be the wild card opponent. So that's why this week is so critical. If you can win this week, you can really set up your roster the way you want to and give all the guys that need rest a full basically two weeks off. Would you do that? Do you think yes, you do every, that with the yes, I would. You, you have to you have to do it with the linemen. I would probably play if you if you win this game, you're probably I, you're probably gonna sit Brady the entire game. You're not gonna play Brady in Atlanta and risk risk you're not gonna do that with a backup offensive line in the game. So right. if, you, if Brady's getting a week off if they win this game, you're gonna see and it wouldn't surprise me if you see Kyle Trask not playing Gabbard. Why would, not? I mean yes. you, you gotta figure out what you got. Yes. If Brady does move on next year, it's a meaningless game. You will see Kyle gonna... Trask start in Atlanta. Right. My problem is if you do that, I understand where you're coming from, but if you do that, even though this offense has had difficulty in scoring, you know what? I answered my own question. Yeah, do that. <laughs> they need some rest. I mean, or or what or what'll probably happen is you might go half and half. You might give Gabbert and Trask a half because you do have to keep Gabbert a little bit sharp in the event something happened to Brady. Right. You want to keep him sharp that uh, in case you need him in a playoff game. So 
but Brady will probably be inactive in week 18. You, you, he won't even dress, in my I, opinion. I need some momentum from this offense in order to do that. That's my concern because this offense has, scr- has struggled so much. So maybe the – I don't know. I don't know. I go back and forth on it. I'm never about resting players. But let's win this game first, and we'll have those decisions to have to make. Thank you. There you go. One game at a time, Jason Powers. Bucks win 24-14 final. Defense comes up big. I think you're going to see a special teams play of some sort, a long return, you know, something on special teams other than suck up. I think you're going to get some kind of spark in special teams. I think Brady's going to throw a touchdown to Evans. I think you will see that, and I think you'll see more Rashad White this week than you saw in, in, the, in the last week. I think you heard Bowles' comments. He, I think he realizes they didn't, they didn't give Rashad White enough touches in Arizona. Yeah, absolutely. It's time to feed the kid. If he's healthy, it's time to feed him, and it's also time to see a little bit of Keyshawn Vaughn, especially if – I don't know about that. Well, if Leonard Fournette is hurt and this continues – you may want to save him for the playoffs, although he had 162 all-purpose yards catching and running. But I'm kind of concerned about this injury at the end of the day. I am concerned about it. Yeah, I mean, again, the good thing is you got some depth there. You got plenty of depth. You got Rashad White can play. Uh, Gio Bernard's been in uh, witness protection. so <laughs> <laughs> Ever since the fake puns. Yeah. <laughs> he still doesn't want to talk to anybody from the media. All right, Peter Blake, tell me where they can find you all your great work online, the, the evolution of sports, as well as what you're doing on Sunday. Yeah, it's the evolution of sports talk television. It's the sports web Monday and Wednesday night on I Love St. Pete, the hub, and Amped Up Sports on Facebook. Of course, like and subscribe to the sports web on YouTube. And join us for our pre-half and post-game editions live on Sunday morning at all those platforms from Whiskey Wings and Tarpon Springs, getting you ready for Bucks versus the Panthers NFC South championship game, in my opinion. Yep. Well, remember, remember Buck fans, one o'clock game this week. It's an early start. No uh, prime time, no four o'clock. You'll get, uh, I think you'll get a good crew too. I think you'll get a good Fox crew. You won't be the fifth or sixth crew. I don't think you, you, you again, this is a huge game in the NFC as far as. Why not? Flex that game, by the way. What what game did they flex that night? Because it would Baltimore, been- Baltimore, Pittsburgh, which is a little surprising. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Baltimore, Pittsburgh is a big rivalry. That'll get a that'll get a decent draw as far as it eyes. I don't know if Brady and Carolina get a huge draw on Sunday Night Football from the from the national perspective, but that's for all the marbles. Yeah, I mean, it, it, potentially, it's not for all the marbles, but we can end it. We can end all hope. If uh, obviously with the Bucks win, so all right, Buck fans, we need you. If you're in the building, make a lot of noise. You know, again, make noise when make make some noise, Buck fans. This is this is the time to show off home field advantage. Again, this is where you have to really come to play. If you're if you're a fan, again, I think 24-14 final. I think you'll see a better effort out of the, uh, the out of Brady and Evans. I think you'll see the defense step up as well. I don't think Sam Darnold is good enough to do to do this continuously so buck fans thanks for joining us remember buckpower.com podcast network thank you paul stewart hope everybody had a merry christmas happy hanukkah stay in all seriousness stay safe over the weekend don't do anything stupid new year's eve if you're drinking folks take an uber don't be driving drunk yes there are cops all over the place don't don't ruin your life and somebody else's life by doing something stupid on New Year's Eve. A lot of people will be out and about having a good time. 
Don't ruin it by doing something stupid. Peter Blake, you better be in bed by 7 o'clock. Uh, you know what? I'm going to be in bed early. Like I said, right after that ball drops, I got to get up and I got to be down there and ready. Are you going to be watching Seacrest drop the ball? Yeah, that's be... pretty much it. That's that's the plan. You and Seacrest. <laughs> New Year's Eve. Well, it's either that or Dolly Parton and Miley Cyrus on NBC. You can watch Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen on CNN if you want. I'm sure Fox will have somebody. NBC will have Carson Daly and somebody doing. Oh, I just told you NBC has Miley oh. and Dolly Parton, so I may have to switch the channels and watch that instead. They're Seacrest, man. I don't want to see any APBs out of you that you're out on West Shore running the streets <laughs> Saturday night at the clubs. All right, Peter Blake, happy new year. We'll see you next yeah. week, Buck fans. It'll be a playoff clinching edition next week of the No Quarter Given Podcast. Have a great week, fans. We'll see you next week. Join us again soon for another preview of a scallywag buccaneer foe when we come back with another No Quarter Given Podcast. And make sure for the best in historical buck coverage, you go to buckpower.com. And as always, keep listening to the BuckPower.com Podcast Network.